All right, welcome to Pipsqueak, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Pipsqueak, the cafe. You know, here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around a drink. And today I am drinking on boom 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 that is a um, nice blue glass i've been using and it's just bourbon in here and i always have my trusty water boom 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 all right and today i am joined in the calf by a friend of me of the podcast <laughs> denise say hello denise hello that was the perfect word too how are you I am doing extremely well. All right. So today's episode is episode 64. Episode 64 is best friend killing or self-defense. We are back on the cues, guilty or innocent um, season. Season two. I think there's three seasons now. I will say that I am not really impressed with season two. Um, I haven't started season three yet, but it, since we we did season one, we might as well go ahead and do season two. But before we do that, um, how have you been, Mel? I've been good. Can't complain. You haven't been on this podcast that a God knows how long. I know. I know. I'm not sure why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So do you want to set this particular episode up? No, you can go ahead and set this one up since, <laughs> since right. I got to set up the next one. All right. So this is episode 64. Episode 64 is best friend killing or self-defense. We start out in Martin County, Kentucky. And the episode started off it's beginning in December the 6th, 2017. It starts off with a felt telephone call like all these episodes always start off with a telephone call and it is a frantic woman on the line she's screaming that her husband has been shot um and <clears throat> one thing that i really can't figure out is with 911 dispatchers why is it that they think that people are supposed to be calm when they're saying someone is shot <laughs> or they Especially need an ambulance. a family member right like yeah there's like, no way i'm gonna be calm yeah, and the whole time the dispatcher was like, ma'am, ma'am, I need you to calm down, ma'am, ma'am. And I'm like, bruh, she just said her husband is shot. Why don't you dispatch a goddamn ambulance there um, so that they can um, assist the wife? But anyhow, the dispatcher asks the wife, what, you know, what happened? The wife was like, I don't know what happened, but they, Rodney, cockeyed steep is her husband mm -hmm. and his friend quote-unquote best friend woody um she said they've been going all day shopping for christmas gifts and things of that nature and she said that um when she came out she saw her husband on the floor or on the ground and basically woody the neighbor who's happened to be um the best friend told her that rodney would not let him leave and was grabbing him by the throat and he mm -hmm. shot him right yep all right um, and she said she heard them come in into the driveway. So first of all, obviously this is around Christmas, right? Because they were going Christmas shopping. They went about an hour away from, from their city. But before we move to that, a little bit about Martin County. What I want to do is show you all a little something, something. Um, all right. So 
Martin County is about a population of 11,140 people. Um, you see right there, 44.6% um, are female. Um, white folks represent 91.3% of the population in Martin County. Um, and Denise people are about 3.5%. All right. So continue, take us through. Um, so like, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Um, I think that's that's how it starts. And then the public defender just gives a little bit more of the story. And who's um, the public defender? Brandis Bradley. Brandis um, Bradley. Now, before we do that, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, have you, you ever seen about Brandis? Have you ever seen Kim Queens? No. Okay. I, I when I saw this, I really thought that it was her. And hold Brandis? on. Yes, I thought it I was the she's lady. Beautiful. Her eyes. Yes. Are I'm about to show you so you all can see her. That is Brandis. Oh, I was okay. going to say, oh, my God, she looks just like her. That is Brandis. OK, that is the, the public defender. Very pretty eyes. I mean, her yes. makeup was on point um, and I love her accent. But the lady who I'm thinking about is a lady on um, Lifetime. It's called Kim McQueen's. And what she does, she's a coach for people who want to get in pageants. And this is Kim McQueen's. And I think they look like they could be family. Look. Don't they look alike? I think it's the eyes and the color <laughs> of the hair. But... No, they look just alike. And they talk alike. You've never seen the show? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. You have to look at it after this. I guarantee you. Um, <clears throat> I guarantee you, you would think that they sound alike and their mannerisms are very similar. All right. So go ahead. Sorry. Um, nothing. So Brandis just gives a little bit more of the story. Um, she said that um, Rodney Kakai Step had been drinking mm -hmm. the whole day. Um, mm -hmm. Woody did mention, and you know that Kakai had a drinking problem. Mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned, Kakai charged towards Woody and pulled him out of the truck by the neck of his shirt. Mm -hmm. um, both gentlemen were carrying guns at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and Woody apparently or seemingly saw Kakai going for the right front of his pocket, like I guess putting his hand towards that. Mm -hmm. And he must have assumed that he was going to take out his gun. And that's when he shot. All right. So do you remember the part? There was a cut at the very beginning, I think, where Woody had made a statement about why he shot him. And he said... When it gets down to the nitty gritty, my life or your life, you drag me out the vehicle. You're choking me to death. You would defend yourself by whatever means you can. Remember that? Yeah. All right. So part of the reason I brought that up is because part of the problem in this particular episode is that um, as Brandis, his, his public defender, what she was experiencing was that when he was telling his story, it was very hard to follow what happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Because mind you. They are friends. They both been out all day. And then all of a sudden, the friend is dead. Right now, um, <clears throat> Brandis kept mentioning that um, Woody, the shooter, was 70. But in reality, I looked him up. He's not 70. He was um, 60 something at the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. she so kept stressing the fact that the poor man was 70 years old. 
and he was gonna die in prison i'm like oh my god if she says die in prison one more time <laughs> like ma'am i mean because he was charged initially with manslaughter i get so it i get he it had but she literally that... spent the entire episode every time she would come on camera she would start with and he's gonna die in prison and i'm scared he's gonna die in prison i'm like oh. i mean it's her client she feels she feels some kind of way about protecting him. Um, she did. She did. Because she, he's old, right? Still. <laughs> um, and I think the I think Woody, excuse me, Kakai was about twenty, 20 to twenty five years? years younger than him. Younger, he was like forty yeah. something. Um, um, yeah. So he's about forty something. He was about forty something um, when he was shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, actually, they said. Um, that he was 20 years older. So Woody was about 20 years older than the guy who was his neighbor. Um, yeah. Yeah. The cock guy. All right. So we, we see what the charges are. The charges is it's manslaughter. Um, that comes with a potential of 10 years in pre- prison. If mm-hmm. he was um, convicted, which is why she kept saying he's going to die in prison. Sorry. I mean, technically 70, 10 years, it's 80. He still could have been very well alive. When mm-hmm. he came out of prison, you didn't see where that man was talking and shaking. He got Parkinson. He probably wasn't gonna make it in ten years. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but anyhow, <laughs> um, so Woody was saying that he and Kakai had more of a father son relationship, right? Yes. Which I don't know that that kind of bothered me that he kept focusing on their relationship, and I'm like, bro, you fucking killed him, like. <laughs> But I think if, it was more of a, I think it was more of that. We were, we were friends for so many years. He is a relative because it's a second cousin to Woody. So oh, I, I think, that. yeah, I think his, his thing of saying that was more of the, I didn't intentionally kill him. There must have been a reason for me to do that because he's my friend. I was like a father to him. I wouldn't have just killed him to kill him. I think okay, that's but- why they kept on saying that. Okay, but did that give you any like? Were you like you had sympathy for him because of that? No, I'm like, bro, you killed him. First yeah, of all, why? Why are y'all? Why are y'all going Christmas shopping with guns? First of all, because in the state, you you did see that in the in that state of Kentucky, they do have they can carry. Yes, but it's still like, bro. Y'all go Trust Christmas me, shopping. people that can carry, they're going to take those guns with them wherever they go, for whatever they're going. Oh, Christmas you shopping. Statist- you got statistics of that? I do not, but I'm pretty sure that we can look it up, and it will mm-hmm. tell you that people uh-huh. that carry will always carry that with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So um, so he says that he's, Woody says, like you said, that he saw him going for his gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but initially he made it seem like the guy was like shoving him or pulling him out. And the I don't know the way that I understood the story, which was part of the problem in this particular episode was yeah. that Woody was very, it was very difficult to follow why he feared from his life. Right. Because mind you, the whole concept of self-defense is I felt that I had no other option, but to act react this way. Right. And so the thing is, is that I didn't see where he was in danger for his life. Did you gather that from that? What was your? I, I mean- didn't at the beginning, but when they did the reenactment, 
I could see. I don't. I, I'm not gonna say I could see because I still think that he could have done things differently. But I could see how he would have felt because of his age and his condition that he may have been in danger. Okay. Now, do you remember though what the sticking point was in regards to when the police arrived? What did Woody say to them that made the self-defense concept that I'm fearing for my life kind of falter down? Do you remember? I have I have written down because this is another thing that they keep mentioning, the fact that he keeps saying that he reacted on instinct. Right. Because he told, remember, when the police showed up, and remember, this is right after, right? This is right mm -hmm. after the event. So nine times out of ten, he's going to be more... It's, it's closer in time, right? right so right. his story at that time and what he tells the police is pivotal, right? Because right. He, he doesn't say, I fear for my life. He never told the police that. At least that's not what the episode portrayed. Nope. What he said, it was instinctual, right? And so what I gather from that is that, you know, these are people who carry guns, right? And they carry it for whatever reason. And maybe they go shooting a lot. And so it's just instinct that he pulls it out and shoot, shoot them, right? Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he was in danger of his life, right? Yeah. Because why couldn't he push him away, right? Or punch him. Or know? punch him. Now, but the, the thing that I think Brandis did a, a good job at, uh, I really liked her. Okay, let me I, just, I liked her too. Let I me think just I like her. If I live there, I think she would be awesome to go hang out with. Like she would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she. I just it, something about her. Just oh, I just like <laughs> the way she just presented herself. Anyway, so y'all need to watch the episode. She was um, always fly, like she always put always together. Fly. And like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she's like that every time, but you can tell she is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can she tell she's well, always like that. She is well put together. Okay. Yeah. But um, what was I saying? One of the things that um she was struggling with was putting the pieces together of what happened, right? Um, and so they tried to reenact what occurred, but even in the reenactment, I wasn't convinced that he was in fear for his life. I mean, uh, what what did you think about that? I did, and only because in the reenactment, he is against the truck, right? And, sorry, Cockeye, I got to go back to his name just to remember, uh -huh. is taller than Woody and is a little bit more built than Woody. So the uh -huh. way the reenactment shows he's against his truck and mm -hmm. Cockeye is holding him, it is literally grabbing him. So... Mm -hmm. I don't think that Woody would have said or would have thought I can overpower him because Woody is way smaller. He's has the Parkinson, can hardly, you know, like you said, walk straight. So, yeah, he I didn't say tried. that. Did I say that? You didn't say he couldn't walk straight. But I was thinking when he was in the courtroom <laughs> that he kind of fell. I mean, That's he could have been planning. That. He could have been playing the part that he was old. No, no, no. He did. He, he you could tell you know him medical. I do not. But you can tell that based on his conditions, it was his he's not balanced. You know, he suffers from balance. OK, so but I, um, I do think that Kakai was overpowering him. So I don't think that Woody could have punched him, could have done anything that would have made I mean, we're talking about a drunk man. He was drunk. Okay, stop there. That okay. is the okay. So, 
I think that <laughs> that matters. I mean, come on. If he was as sloppy drunk as mm-hmm. Woody tried to portray, would he have all of his faculties to to be able to overpower Woody? Like he 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 kind of reminded me. He Ben Kaka. It kind of reminded me of that drunk uncle who comes to the barbecue and just you know falling all over the place. Don't know how to stand up and things of that nature. Just a fun drunk. And so what I the the image that I got was not that he was an aggressive drunk. And we're gonna we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the evidence that eventually comes up that that Brandis tries to. Um, she indicates that she does not want to to put out there, right? But um, he didn't. It didn't come across to me that he was aggressive. Um, but I mean, but just I don't know. You know, I've had my personal experiences with drunks of different kind, and if we go back to that piece of evidence that she did not want to bring into into the the court because it would portray Kakai in a different, you know, in a good eye. He was good. He was right. walking like he wasn't really drunk. I mean, you could tell that he may have been a little tipsy, but he didn't look drunk to me. So if I go based on that video, mm-hmm. he was strong, strong enough to overpower Woody. Then let's go to the video. So Brandis eventually finds out a Facebook posting mm-hmm. that that Kakai put on his own Facebook the same night of the incident and in fact it was right before it was after they went mm-hmm. christmas shopping on the route home they stopped at like a walmart and kakai had a video and he was in the video um videoing himself getting i don't know soap or toothpaste or something i don't I think know what it was the hell toothpaste because he was asking somebody to help him right and here's the point why I, I say that I didn't feel like he was a, he was aggressive because in that video, he was super nice, even to the guy. Right. He was super nice. You can tell he was tipsy. You can tell he was in a good mood. And he was on the video saying that he loved his people. He loved his wife. I think he named some other folks who I he, think he loved. said his son, too. Didn't he say he, I love his I, yeah, son? Yeah, something somebody. like that. Right. Yeah. And he didn't present himself as one who was being aggressive in that video, right? And what Brandis said was that we can't get let this evidence in because he is a happy drunk. We need to be able to argue that he was aggressive, right? And she knew from that video that if that video would have been shown in the, in the courtroom, that no one would come to the conclusion that he was aggressive, right? Right. Um. And if he was so like out of it, you know, the other part that kind of irritated me or made me not believe um, Woody as much was that remember Woody was saying that he was trying to have a conversation with him about stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Remember, right? He was drinking. Too I much do. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. And to me, if he and he didn't say when I had that conversation with him, he got aggressive with me and was yelling or screaming or doing this that, and a third. So to me, it just didn't mesh with someone who was out of their faculties so much that they are drunk and aggressive. You know what I mean? Because I've been around people who drink, drink a lot mm-hmm. and try to have a conversation about their drinking while they're drunk. It's a catastrophe. Agreed. But none of the studies, I mean, excuse me, none of the statements that Woody said mesh with someone who was so drunk that they were aggressive is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? 
it does. I mean, I think, again, I think Woody could have really handled it very differently. And, but it happened. <laughs> I mean, we don't know what happened from the time that they, they left Walmart to the time that they actually made it to the house. True. But, but we do know, well, true. That, yeah, okay, true. You're trying uh, to bring the other person in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but before Leave we do her that, until later. Okay, so before we do that, so then what happens is, is that they try to do this reenactment. So Brandis takes another, like, I don't know if he's a private investigator or someone, and they go back to the scene with Woody with his car. And Woody attempts to reenact, right? Right. But in reality, Woody really didn't reenact. No, they did it for him. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> when Brenda said what she said, I was like, oh, okay, Brenda, like, come on now, girl. <laughs> because it's like, because Woody was basically like, he was saying, well, you know, I don't know who shot him. And I'm like, bruh, he, you I don't shot think he him. Remembered. He re- I, I think that he remembered bits, bits and pieces. And before you go into the reenactment, right, they, they do have his wife talking. And that's when the wife, well, Brandis is the one that mentions, somebody mentioned he has Parkinson's since 2014. And he suffered from memory loss, significant memory loss. But then she said the memory loss started three years ago. That's when the killing happened. And so what's your point of saying that? That you think it's coincidental? Yes, because sir, every every time they would, him to talk about it it was like he just couldn't remember stuff he didn't remember taking the the gun out because he always says he doesn't remember you know pointing it at him or or shooting him every time they would try to get something out of him well i don't know if it was because of that well i don't know if it was so what do you remember you remember your daughters are not talking to you because of the incident (laughs) And his neighbors, because he, he's so neighbors. he's so hurt that his neighbors are not talking to him. Um, so so are you so okay? So then, why do you believe him? There, I mean, if you are you are you saying? I didn't say I believe Woody, but but I believe that he felt endangered is what I what I think. I think again, I don't because they're not very clear as to what starts the argument or what makes Kakai get so upset to the point that he grabs Woody out of the truck. They don't really talk about that other than Woody trying to talk to him about him drinking. You know, so if I have to to visualize it in my head, he probably will frustrate the heck out of me too if I'm drunk and you're constantly in my ear talking to me about my drinking. I don't want to hear that, sir. I'm very happy right now. I'm drunk. Leave me alone. So maybe I would have gotten upset too. But what I do agree with is that he may have felt endangered only because of the reenactment. Because again, but the, re- the problem, taller. But the problem with the re- okay, so I'm sitting here as as a lawyer, but mm-hmm. this ain't legal advice or anything, right? The problem with the reenactment is that it wasn't his reenactment; no. it was their reenactment. They're being but they convinced and- me, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so one of the fine lines, and I'm not saying that they did anything wrong at all, mm-hmm. right? But one of the fine lines as a lawyer, particularly when you represent someone, is sometimes as lawyers, we tend to hear things, facts, and we, we 
communicate to the person that we are representing mm -hmm. what we think the facts are. But sometimes it crosses the line of telling that person what happened. And then that becomes that person's story, right? Mm -hmm. Which was the problem of the reenactment. I didn't feel like Woody, at least what we saw, again, this is snippets, right? We only get an hour. But what we saw was we saw the investigator and Brandis basically telling him what happened. It was and more it Brandis. Was, <laughs> and it wasn't Woody <laughs> saying, this is what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was and her because when, when the guy, when the private investigator was putting his elbow, because apparently Kakai, you know, had his elbow on allegedly. his neck. So allegedly. It was allegedly, yeah, because we don't know. But it was more of Brandis, the one who put the facts together, because the guy was just still trying to reenact it. And then when, when he said, that's when he shot, that's when Brandis said, do you want me to say? Yeah, go ahead. That's it. That's it, Woody. <laughs> that, that, yeah, she did. She hyped that up. She was yeah. super excited about that. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I just I I felt sorry for both individuals, the victim and the defendant, right? Um, and the defendant just kind of remind me of this meek and e meager type of individual. So I can also, I guess me, I'm coming around to the fact I can see why he may have felt um, in fear. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like the force was reasonable based upon the situation. I agree. I, I don't um, think so. Did, did you mention, or do you want me to mention the, the findings from the neuropsychologist? Yeah, go ahead. Woody? Um, because I mean, that could also help explain. And I, I wasn't clear if, if the findings are today, you know, when they actually did the recording or if that also goes back to when it actually happened, but mm -hmm. they did examine him and the neuropsychologist did say that, um, he has the capacity comparable to a child nine years of age. Right. So that does explain a little as to why he may not remember certain things. Although to me, I am still convinced that it could be selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. That's just my, my thing. So yeah. My so opinion. the neuro, neuro, what is it? The neuro, what? The neuropsychologist. So basically what they said that he has a mental ability comparable mm -hmm. to a child or typically a nine year old. Right. So we have this man who's about 66, 67, 68, somewhere around that. 70 so, per Brandis. 70, okay. Um, <laughs> but I looked it up and he's not, he's 60 something. But anyhow, <clears throat> when he went to when 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 this is going on, he was 60 something. But putting that aside, he does have a mental capacity of a nine-year-old. Now that doesn't necessarily explain the memory. To me, what that explain explains is his inability to articulate what happened, right? Now right. for me. That is evidence that I probably would want, and we, we don't know if that was brought into the trial or not, but that's definitely something that I would want to present to the jury, right? Because I want the jury to understand that you're not dealing with, yes, he's 60 something years old. Yes, he's 20 years older than Kakai, but understand that his mental ability is that of an individual who's lesser than um, Kakai, right? right? So even though he's 20 years older, the way that he thinks, the way that he talks, the way that he puts things together is not consistent with someone who has the full capacity and the mental abilities to, to understand the situation. So for me, 
I would want that to be in front of the jury, right? So that they can not only see that this is an older guy, he's meek, he's meager, but he also has an issue, right? Right. And then you tack on top of that the fact that he allegedly has Parkinson. His wife says that he has Parkinson and was saying how he can't remember this, that, and the third. Um, and so, yeah. So, you know, from an evidentiary standpoint, that's something that I probably would want the jury to to, to hear because I want yeah. them to sympathize with my client. Does that make yeah, sense? She, yeah, it does. And she really doesn't mention if she was bringing it in. She was more right. of the using that to her, I, I wouldn't say to her advantage, but to for her to, to make the determination of, I don't think you should get up there and testify. So one thing about that, so let's just be clear. I don't think that she was making the determination on whether or not he can testify. So let me let me just clear that that out, because mm -hmm. as lawyers, ethically, particularly when there is a criminal defendant. Listen, it, I know you're going to speak on the lawyer side, but the way she was listen. speaking to that wife and made the wife say. <laughs> no, but but OK, but as lawyers, we mm -hmm. it's important for the client to make an informed decision, right? Agreed. But it is never the lawyer's decision about whether or not a defendant testifies. It's always mm -hmm. the defendant. The defendant always has to make that final call. Now, that's not to say that I'm not going to say to my client, as Brandis did, and I think she did it appropriately. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but bruh, you sound a hot ass mess. <laughs> I, and, and she kind of looked at the wife like, I mean, you agree you with me? You need to help me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with her. I think that if he would have went on, on the stand, that it would be a complete disaster, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have to think about what the, the defense is, right? When you're in a criminal trial, right? And I think we talked about this on some episode before. It's always the prosecutor's job to prove X, Y, and Z, right? The only time that... It's a defendant's job to prove something is if they are raising an affirmative defense to what's going on. And that affirmative defense in this stance is self-defense. And the only person who can really tell what happened is Woody, right? Because of the two there, there were no other witnesses. So there's no one who would be able to say, oh, I saw I'm cockeyed and he looked aggressive or he looked like he was going to do X, Y, and Z, right? We don't have that. Um, and so I, I, I think not having Woody on testify actually hurt his case a little more as well, um, because it may have been beneficial for the jury to see, you know, he really didn't mean this. He, he doesn't remember all the details. That's fine. He can tell why he doesn't remember the details, but he does remember that he was in fear for his life. It was important, I think, for the jury to hear that. And they didn't hear that. They didn't hear that I from him. I don't know, man. I kind of disagree because of what happens after. What happens after? The charge, the new charges that are bored onto him. So let's go there. So eventually the case has been pending for about three years. And Brandis becomes aware that the Commonwealth, mm -hmm. which is the state basically, um, Apparently, there were other charges that were going on simultaneously with this that she was unaware of. And so what the prosecution wanted to do was that they wanted to um, consolidate two cases. The, um, the manslaughter charge for 10 years that, that comes with 10 years, but then they added a new charge of wanton endangerment. 
And you want to tell them what that charge was about? Well, he had two. He had the resisting arrest well, and wait. the five counts. But yeah, the wanton endangerment, though. What was that about? Do you remember? Um, no. <laughs> so the wanton endangerment would bring his uh, potential sentence from 10 years maximum to 35 years maximum. And what happened was is that when the officers came, the sheriffs came to the scene, what happened was is that Woody, right? What the allegations are is that Woody was aggressive. I found it. And he was essentially resisting the arrest. Mm-hmm. And in the process of them trying to arrest them, there was some kind of scuffle. And it caused one of the sheriffs to break a rib. Right. Or something be- like that. Something like that. And because of that, it was wanton endangerment to a peace officer. Right. Now, right. that, not the charge itself, but the facts that went with it is very harmful to his self-defense thing, right? Yep. Because then it makes it seem as if he is an aggressor and not one who is defending off being a, having aggression put onto him. You know what I mean? Like, if, 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 if he was so like, oh my God, this is my friend. I didn't think this was going to happen, but right. I was fearing from his life. Then when the police came, the thing that he should have been doing, I think, is saying, you know, I... I I, I didn't did mean this to happen, you know. You know I'm you know, yeah. exactly, but he, according to the allegations from the sheriff's department, he was aggressive, so aggressive that they couldn't wrestle this 65, 66 year old man down. Which, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but no. you were talking about cockeyed being bigger, but that refutes that whole theory because if he's strong enough, he'd been. Woody is strong That's enough true. to cause a sheriff to break the rib, then he was strong enough to do something other than shoot this guy to get him off of him. But we never saw the sheriff, so we don't know. I mean, just because it's a sheriff doesn't mean the sheriff is going to be, you know, bigger, uh, fitter, you know, doesn't mean that. We haven't seen the sheriff to see were they the same height. Was None of that skinnier? matters. No one, well, none of that matters. Why does that matter? To me, it does because Kakai <laughs> was way bigger than him. That Kakai doesn't matter. Was literally the same height and the same build as Brandis. No, that does not matter. It does not matter because <laughs> what are you that speaking is... as a lawyer right now or are you speaking as a human being? Both. Because no, if take I'm, the lawyer out, take I'm the taking lawyer the lawyer out. out. If I was on the jury and I heard that, I'd be like, "Oh no, he wasn't afraid." I mean, why is he? Why is he wrestling this is with the, the sheriff? This is the beauty of jury, right? This is why they have different people because you would think that way and I wouldn't. And this is why we will have to go back in the after the jury um, goes well, we'll to be talk. There all day. They they will be suppressing <laughs> us. We'll be there all day and all night, and we'll be there for weeks if we need to. Because I I just think it. It, it is inconsistent with its entire story, okay? The police are there for a reason. The police are there because a guy is on the ground dead, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you didn't want this to occur, remember, because all throughout the episode, he kept talking about, I didn't mean to do this. I didn't want this to happen. We were having a good time, blah, blah, blah. But yet you up here wrestling with the sheriff. Why didn't you just take your ass down to the police department and give your statement? <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, I mean, I don't want to speak for for Woody, but I mean, he could have just thought 
maybe I didn't need to be arrested, you know, like arrested the way you arrested me. Oh my God, Honestly, please, I don't please. Know. But this is the reason though why I say I wouldn't have put him up there because then if I find out that you resisted arrest, that you were so forceful that you broke this man's rib, yeah, I, I would have been there. like, mm-mm. I agree with you there. All right. So anyhow, so now we have this new charge. And so we go to a hearing with the judge, right? Um, and Brandis is, 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 is basically objecting to the fact that the prosecutor is attempting to um, consolidate this into one trial, right? Instead of having two separate trials, right? Um, <clears throat> so what, what Brandis basically says is, look, the prosecution is in, inappropriately trying to consolidate this because what they're trying to say is because he had this altercation, quote unquote, with the sheriff department, he has more of a propensity than to be violent and aggressive. And so therefore it would defeat his self-defense claim, basically. Right. And so therefore it's prejudicial to my my client, because if the jury hears this, they're going to automatically assume that he could not have been in fear of his life. Right now, what was the prosecution's um, rebuttal to that? You may have to add more, but one of the things that the prosecutor kept saying is, um, but the, you know, what happened to the sheriff happened because of the incident of self-defense, you know, because they were trying to arrest him. And then I can't remember, he says something else and I can't remember exactly what it is that he said. So basically what the, the prosecution is saying is that yes, there are separate events, right? But the events occur out of the same transactions, mm -hmm. right? That's exactly so what he said. Because they came, they appeared at the same transaction, there's no way that you can separate the two. And given the fact that that um, Woody is raising self-defense, part of what his argument is, is that um, Kakai was using his arm and putting these marks on his neck. But the reality is, is those marks could have came from the scuffle with the sheriff, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And I thought the prosecution did a beautiful job of doing I that. I agree. A thousand percent. Right? I agree. I, 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 now, I think an argument could have been is not more so about that. Brandis, I think, should have or could have, and we don't know if she did or not because, again, there's only an hour. But one of the things that we could that should have been argued was the prejudicial effect of why they waited three years. Right. You waited three years to try to consolidate this this charge that, by the way, Woody didn't even know the charge was there, allegedly, because Brandis did not know about this charge mm -hmm. until there was this motion to consolidate the two issues. Right. And so as a defendant. How do you properly defend against a case when you don't have enough time and sufficient time to prepare and mount a proper defense against that? And I it was she did use the, the term cumulative, right, that they're trying to create this cumulative effect of, you know, <clears throat> because you you were in, involved with this one particular situation with the sheriff and then that would harm and put into the perspective of the jury, right? That, oh, you're, you're, you're fighting the people who are there to help you. If you're fighting the people who are there to help you, then nine times out of 10, maybe you are the one who were fighting and starting the issues mm -hmm. with Kai Kai, right? right. Um, 
But ultimately, the judge decided, nah, I'm going to let her in. <laughs> yep. so, so that was consolidated. All right. And then we pop up, and then there is this, all, all of a sudden, there's this new surprise witness. And it's this new surprise witness that causes the prosecution to even change not just manslaughter, but I think they, they went to intentional mm-hmm. manslaughter because of yep. this witness. And who was this witness? Kimberly Bowen, a gas station clerk. Um, it looks like they stopped at the gas station after they stopped at Walmart, minutes away from actually getting to the house. And Kakai mm-hmm. was inside the gas station and told Kimberly that the guy in the car threatened to kill him or shoot him. I can't remember which term he used. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the new witness that came as a surprise to everyone because. We didn't have no witnesses before. We didn't. And that that changed the charge from man just reckless manslaughter mm-hmm. to um manslaughter in the first degree. All right. And so let's let's just while we're here, let's just do this quickly to 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 quickly talk about the difference between them. Okay. All right. So his initial charge was manslaughter reckless manslaughter basically right and so reckless manslaughter here this is the kentucky um statutes in regards to reckless homicide basically is a person is guilty of reckless homicide when with recklessness he causes the death of another person and reckless homicide is a class d felony right but then what they charged him with because of that situation with the the new witness is manslaughter in the first degree and notice right here manslaughter with the first degree is a class b felony so felony felonies are normally classified a b c d some may go e but the lower you go down the less time that can come with it right and so now we are charging him with manslaughter in the first degree which is a person is guilty of manslaughter in the first degree with when they have the intent to cause serious physical injury to another person so basically what they were saying is that woody Woody wasn't in a situation where he he feared his life. Woody had the intent to cause this harm to Kaikai, right? right. Um, and because there's this this witness who goes in, who basically says that um, Kaikai came into the gas station and said to them, said to her, that guy out there is trying to kill me, is basically what he says, right? Mm-hmm. And so they bring that up, and that's why they up the charges to manslaughter in first degree, which I think can go would bring cumulatively the total amount of time that he would potentially be eligible to stay in jail, like fifty years or so. Which is why Brandis kept saying he's gonna die in prison. No, thirty-five wasn't thirty. No, that's thirty-five, including the wanton endangerment. Oh gosh! But then with the other one, that that boosted up even more. So to about 50 yeah, but years, she started saying that even before she knew. So she was concerned about, nah, she was concerned about this man <laughs> who's 70 years old. And then you tackle a 50 year. I mean, I get it, but she was saying that he was going to die in prison way before she found out that mm-hmm. these charges were changing. Mm-hmm. All right. So ultimately we get to the trial, right? Well, Ultimate- no, before the trial, remember, Brandis says, no, 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 no. I need to go speak to Kimberly because she does Kimberly and mm-hmm. I need to find out what exactly happened. So mm-hmm. she does go to Kimberly. She actually, and in my head, I was like, why would you 
couldn't you just call her into the office for her to come to the office? But she ended up going to the gas station. Well, we don't know. We her. don't. We don't know Kimberly's work schedule. She could be a single mom and need to be That's at work. We don't okay. know her situation. Go ahead. Anywho, she goes to the gas station and she goes inside and talks to Kimberly. And Kimberly mm. does say, yes, she is a thousand, not a thousand, but a hundred percent sure that he said the guy in the car is going to shoot me or kill me, but that mm -hmm. she didn't take him seriously because, mm -hmm. you know, he kind of laughed when he said it. Mm -hmm. And and when she said that, I was like, you know, makes sense because if if I'm the gas clerk and this guy tells me that, I would have been like, are you okay? You know, do you need me to call nine one one or do you need me to do something? So the, the tone or the way he may have said it to her could have come across as maybe he was just joking, you know, and she didn't take him serious. She didn't think nothing else out of it. Yeah, but then take that on the flip side. Why would he just randomly go in there and say that to a person? Maybe they were arguing and the car. But he was that. drunk. Remember, we've already seen. We this don't know if video. he was drunk. We've already seen this video of the man in Walmart, and you he didn't can look drunk tell to me. in that video that he was tipsy. No, he he could have been. He could have been. We don't know. He could have had a medical condition that caused him to talk. He was just talking slow. He wasn't. He wasn't stumbling. He wasn't loud. He wasn't I get, belligerent. I get everything that you're saying, but I am putting myself in Kimberly's position. I am, I am not Kimberly. Denise mm -hmm. is at that gas station mm -hmm. right at this moment with Kagai. And mm -hmm. Kagai is telling me this guy is going to shoot me. Again, I'm looking at Kakai to see how does Kakai look? Maybe he was laughing it off. Maybe he was just... You know, because again, you may not think that he was drunk or tipsy, but in that video, he did look a little tipsy, a little too happy. Okay, but so, one thing, but one thing Kimberly never said was that she thought he was drunk. No, she didn't say that. I didn't say right? Kimberly said that. I know, but that, but uh -oh. that, see, see, you, you're saying that because you see the vid, you saw the video. I've known you. the facts before. Right, but Kimberly right. didn't say that he appeared drunk, which I think no, is an she, important, an important, an important omission. Right. Mm -hmm. That important omission tells me that she didn't that maybe Kakai did not present himself as being drunk as you well, are. Now I'm going to say to you what you said before. We don't know because the episode is set to fit <laughs> for an hour. So we technically don't know if she said that or not. All right. True. All right. Fine. Whatever. But at the end of the day, she basically didn't say he was drunk. All right. At so, the end of the day, what she said was, he did say that, <laughs> but I didn't take him serious, which is what matters. <laughs> All right. So we get to the trial. We get to the trial, and the prosecutor stands up and says. No, before the trial starts, don't forget they, they dropped the, the charges. Yeah, but that's not important. They yes, dropped that the charges. Is important. All right, they 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 dropped the charges, but still the Which man charges is, did they drop? I don't even remember. The one the man engagement charges. Because the man still may die in prison at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for Brandis, yes. Yes. So they dropped they dropped some of the charges. Okay, fine. All right. So we get to the trial and the prosecutor, and I thought the prosecutor did a beautiful job with this. Mm -hmm. And is in the opening part that we hear, he says that Woody says to Michelle, mm -hmm. the wife of the victim, 
as he laid down in the gravel. And he says, I shot Rodney. Cold and calmly, right? And that put in the picture to set up the whole concept of this guy was not in a state of frantic about being fearing for his life. This guy walked around with a pistol in his pocket and was not afraid to use it, period, right? This wasn't a situation where he felt he had no choice but to use it. That's essentially how he set it up, right? And so the first witness that they call is the wife, right? The wife gets on the stand, and I felt I felt bad for her. She actually yeah, looked kind of young, too. Yeah. Um, I felt bad for her. They're in their 40s. I mean, right, they are. Hawkeye um, And um, she tells the story, but what she does say is that um, Rodney never got drunk and mean. He was a good drunk, basically, right? A happy drunk. A happy drunk. drunk. And, and then, and that was in response to the prosecution's question, or the prosecutor's question, was he a drunk and mean, was he drunk and mean when he drank, basically, mm -hmm. right? Now, why am I bringing it up? That's important, right? Because I don't think, I think that was a bad question. That's not a question I would have asked in this scenario. Let me tell you why. <laughs> because what that is doing is that is opening the door for reputational evidence. So in, in the federal rules of evidence, there is there are ways in which you can prevent people to, to bring in a person's reputation, right, as evidence. Because what you don't want to present to the jury is that because a person acted a certain way one day, that inevitably they're going to act the same way another day, right? Mm -hmm. But when you open the door... That means that the prosecution opened that door. When you open that door, then that allows the defendant to then bring in reputational evidence to refute what you're saying, right? So typically as a lawyer, you really don't want that reputational evidence in unless it's required because it's an element of the, 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 the crime or it's an element of the defense, right? Self-defense is reputation is not... Um, an element of self-defense. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, mm -hmm. the prosec the defendant definitely will want reputation evidence and for the victim because what they want to be able to show is, is that this person essentially has a propensity to act a certain way when they're drink when they when they're drinking in this particular instance. But because the prosecution opened the door, that allowed Brandis then to come back and say to the wife, what? What does she say? Um, about the charges. Apparently she had uh, press charges on him once when he exactly. when he was drunk because mm -hmm. he shoved her on the bed mm -hmm. and there apparently was another instance where he shoved his own mom against the wall mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that so, that was like boom <laughs> that was like bruh he, yeah. he 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 ain't no happy drunk he gets no. he can get angry and he mean if, yeah. if, if he can if he can shut down the wife and shove her down and his own mama which then, technically is what he allegedly did with Woody, right? Because he exactly. grabbed him out of the truck. He exactly. pushed them against the truck, you know. Exactly. exactly. Now, um, then there was I don't I, I don't even know how this was brought in, honestly. And the guy, part, right? The trooper. Yes. So, so they bring in a state trooper who was and let, let, let's put this clear. The state trooper was not involved in the crime. I mean, or even investigating the crime. 
He was he he didn't he didn't was a call to the scene. Just some random trooper who lives in a neighborhood, right? Right. He's a neighbor, just a <laughs> exactly. neighbor. And the prosecution called him. I, I don't know why they allowed this, but maybe there's there are you know state rules are, are a little different than federal rules. But basically, they bring in this trooper to basically say, um, does Rodney um, did Rodney have a re- reputation of being violent? The guy says no. And then he was like, well, what about Elwood, which is Woody, the defendant? Does he have a reputation of being violent? And he was like, yeah, he has a, a reputation of being a, a hothead. And when he says that, the wife starts bawling in the courtroom and start hyperventilating. And basically, Brandis was like, what's going on, honey? I yeah, but before that, when the when the trooper left the stand, did you see how he tapped, he, the, he tapped the prosecutor like, bro, we got this. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, that was a little shady for me. Like, what? Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know how in the world that was brought in. Uh, but again, we only see so much. We don't know if there was some kind of motion eliminated in regards to this testimony or not. It's so funny because uh, I wrote his name and I put a question mark because I was like, what was the purpose of bringing this man in? To like, to <laughs> to show that Woody is not as innocent as he claimed he is. But I don't know how that was brought in. But basically, yes. Yeah, so the, the trooper testifies that basically Woody is an asshole and mm-hmm. evil and disrespectful. Yeah. All right. So Woody does not call any witnesses. Brandis does a I think she does a try she does what she can for um cross examination. And what she said was is that because he's not testifying, he been Woody, um, in regards to his self defense, that the only way that she can can really make this case work is to change the prosecution witnesses to her witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she does what she needs to do with that. Um, but ultimately the jury disagrees. <laughs> yeah. And so they find him guilty of two charges, right? They find him guilty of reckless homicide and resisting, resisting arrest. arrest. Right. And so um, the wife started bawling down again because basically the wife says, I've been with this man more than I've been my own mama. Yeah. 50, 50 right? something years, 51 yeah. or 57 Right. Um, and so the jury finds him guilty. And so then Brandis' job is now to try to basically put her client at the mercy of the court and the mercy mm-hmm. of the, the jury to try to get the least amount of time um, as possible so he won't die in prison. Right. Yeah. Um, and what do you think she's about? She's worried about he's going <laughs> to die in prison. And what do you think about what she did there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, she gives her speech. It didn't do nothing to me. So if I was, <laughs> the jury, if I was in the jury, I would be like, okay, he's guilty. I mean. <laughs> All right. So ultimately, the jury determined that they're only going to give him a year versus the 10 years and potentially 15 years. Brandy, so he, he ain't going to die in prison. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to die in prison. All right. So the man is convicted and he serves a year um, in, in um, prison. But No, but yeah, so, you, I don't know if you know I mean, the update. Jail. Yeah. Okay. I tried you know to look. Go ahead. Well, I found the, up. well, I found this as an update. They apparently spoke to Brandis. Mm-hmm. And when he originally got arrested, he spent five months in jail. 
because they were trying to come up with the money for the bond and whatnot. So, he so they technically only serve. Right. So he technically was serve, only going to serve. Yep. And he was months. serving it in the jail, not prison. Yeah. Uh, because he didn't get that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So he ain't. So he was getting released in September 2021. All right. Well, there you go. That's the update. All right. So hopefully he's still alive and kicking. And, um, you know, I I, I truly hope his daughters started talking back to him because you could tell that that affected him. Yeah. Honestly, that didn't, that didn't, I really didn't care. I don't even know why that was in the, the episode because, quite frankly, he didn't. They didn't even make it clear that they stopped talking to him because of this situation. It sounded like they stopped talking to him for a while. I can't remember. Honestly, right. I can't remember. I didn't get. I didn't get that it was this situation that caused him to stop but talking. But I still hope that the daughters came. Yeah, around I really don't care. And, not not know. my personal business. But oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, maybe so. I hope everything works out for them. Um, and that the neighbors, you, you know, start talking back to him because you can nah. tell that affected him too. I mean, he killed the he killed the man. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't like it wasn't. Uh, he murdered him. Yeah. The hell It's self defense or not? The man is gone. What it about is. the wife? Hell. I know. Still. All right. So that was episode sixty four. Episode sixty four. Best friend killing or self defense accused guilty or innocent. That is a show that is on A and E. Um. Glad to have, well, I don't know if I'm going to say glad, but glad that Denise was able to come in and help talk about the episode. So, Denise, boom, boom, boom. There you go. Make sure that you check us out on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook, Peeps Creek Cafe. You can um, contact us on IG, Twitter, and Twitch um, at Peeps Creek. Um, YouTube, the videos are there at Peeps Creek Podcast right there. Our website, www.peepscreek.com. Send us an email. You have comments on the episode, cafe at peepscreek.com. And you can get all of our links for everything that we do here at the podcast right there. Um, and so I want to thank Denise for coming out once again um, on episode 64. Anything you want to say before we depart? No, I, I truly enjoy doing these these episodes. Um, I think we had an awesome time when we did the first season. So I'm glad to be here for the second season. Um, now that you 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 came around and realized that, go ahead. I don't think I, you want to go there. <laughs> go ahead, I'm listening. So I'm I'm just glad glad to be doing this again. Not necessarily right. glad to be here with you, but I'm glad to be doing this again. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love.